Hello, everybody, and welcome to Sharks Pond, a South Park podcast. I am your host, Bill, and today going to be talking about, well, uh, a situation that I really feel a lot of our younger listeners don't know how to respond to this kind of a problem. No internet. Yeah, no internet. Boy, I tell you, you younger listeners today, you got it made. You don't have to worry about, you know, not having the internet for X amount of time and all that because technology's got it so much better. But anyway, um, so the episode that I'm going to be reviewing here is over logging, and I, I'll be honest, I, I was having a bit of flashbacks to when I was younger. And obviously, this was before the internet was a you know became a thing for families to have. Um, it was television, really, like cable television. Like if your cable went out, you had to find something to do. Luckily, I had a bunch of wrestling tapes, so I was able to watch those as a kid. But you know, with television, it's like, if your cable went out, it was out until it came back. And you had to deal with that loud sound, you know, and you didn't want to hear that. You didn't want to deal with that. So, um, but yeah, I mean, that's how I dealt with when I had no cable was just watching old wrestling tapes. Um, and some of you are like, what's a videotape? Well, that's another story. But I'm going to talk about a little later on in this episode. Um, the last time that I really can remember where I didn't have internet and it was basically storm related would be the best way to put it. So. Uh, let's dive into this week's episode. It is Overlogging. The episode originally aired on April the 16th, 2008, was written and directed by Trey Parker. So the episode begins at the Marsh House, where everybody except Sharon is on the internet. Stan is on the internet he's just you know being a little boy just browsing around and looking at random stuff Shelly is talking to her boyfriend named Amir who lives in Montana oh boy I bet that's gonna really go great and Randy was just about to look up at photos that a friend of his sent but after Sharon told him that you can only do one more thing and then it's time for bed he decides to watch porn so the next morning comes and Stan wakes up at 7.30 and he goes right to the computer and, well, the internet's not working. And Randy runs right in to his room and he's like, quick, I've got to use your internet. And, and, and I gotta, I'm just going to say this right off the bat. Like, if you say that, it kind of sounds like, i got to borrow your internet. We have different internets. No, you have the same internet. 
So, the Marshes are now without internet. And they go to the Brothlovskys. And Stan gets up the steps first. He tries to go to Kyle's room to use his internet. But they don't have internet either. We soon find out that nobody in the town has internet. So there's only one place to go that has internet. Starbucks. So they try to go to Starbucks for the free internet and they find out that they don't have internet either. And then, <coughs> excuse me, an interesting thing happens. They ask themselves, how did we used to get the news before we had the internet? Think, think, think. Television! So they all run to the TV store, break a window, <coughs> excuse me, and they turn the television on, and the reporter says to them that the internet is not working. There is no internet anywhere. So now we have a problem. There is no internet anywhere in the Colorado area. So, the marshes decide, well, there's only one way to go. That's to go west. And that's to go to California way. So, they pack everything up and they start the drive west. So, they eventually end up at a camp and we get this really nice scene. And it's really a good tribute. I would call it more of a tribute scene than a parody to the Grapes of Wrath, which I will talk about in a moment. And a couple of people are talking about, you know, where they came from and what they did. And the first thing they're going to do when the Internet does come back. And, you know, they just miss the Internet, but they also need to get their rest. So, the Grapes of Wrath, I, I, I mentioned, is talked about, or is, like I said, I, I feel it's more of a, more of a tribute than a parody of the, of, of not only the novel, but the book. The book was written by John Steinbeck and was published in 1939. It went on to win the National Book Award and Pulitzer Prize for Fiction, and it was cited prominently when Steinbeck was awarded the Nobel Prize in 1962. So, to give everyone that has never read this book, or seen the movie, the short version of it, Set during the Great Depression, the novel focuses on the Jodes, a poor family of tenant farmers driven from their Oklahoma, Oklahoma home by drought, economic hardship, agricultural industry changes, and bank foreclosures forcing tenant farmers out of work. Due to their nearly hopeless situation, and in part because they are trapped in the Dust Bowl, the Jodes set out for California along with thousands of other Okies seeking jobs, land, dignity and a future now like I said the book was released in 1939 one year later the movie came out 
Not even a year later. And this is considered one of the greatest movies ever made. And I actually have to agree with them. This is a fantastic movie. In 1989, it was one of the first 25 films selected by the Library of Congress for preservation in the National Film Registry for being culturally, historically, or aesthetically significant. The movie starred Henry Fonda, Jane Darwell, John Carradine, Shirley Mills, John Quaylen, and Eddie Quillen, had an $800,000 budget and made over a million dollars at the box office. Now, how did this movie do? Well, let me tell you. It was nominated for seven Academy Awards, including Best Actor, Henry Fonda, Best Sound Recording, Best Adapted Written Screenplay, and of course the big one, Best Picture, but did win two Academy Awards. Best Supporting Actress, Jane Darwell as Ma Jode, and John Ford won for Best Director. In 1998, it was ranked number 21 among the one AFI's 100 Greatest Movies of All Time. Tom Jode, the character that Henry Fonda played, was ranked number 12 on the list of 100 Heroes and Villains. Number 7 on the 100 Years, 100 Cheers list, and on the 10th anniversary list in 2007, was ranked number 23. So this movie, really a big, a big, big influence on a lot of people. And like I said, it is a wonderful movie. I saw this in high school, uh, my freshman year. So if you've never seen it, I really recommend you guys check it out. So, the Marshes eventually make it to the internet refugee camp where there are a bunch of other people at Silicon Valley. So the rule is with the internet, or the use of the internet anyway, each person is allowed 40 seconds of use. Yeah, 40 seconds. That's all they're allowed. And that's a day. 40 seconds a day. So, while they're all trying to get situated, the Brothlovskis are watching the news and, hey, they get a fax. They got a fax. No internet. So, it's gotten to the point now where the government is getting involved and they go to just a random cave, really. They, they never really said where. And they are looking to see, you know, they got to fix the internet. And what do they look at? A giant modem. So they do a lot of things, and I'll get back to them in a moment. But Randy, he's really missing out on that porn. Oh, he's missing out on that porn. So there's this one scene, and this is actually like the only scene where I really got, I really chuckled, where, um, you know, he talks about, look, I I haven't jerked off in two weeks. I really need the internet. And he's talking to a Red Cross official, and he's like, look, what are you trying to do? Get ten minutes of internet time? And Randy's like, can I get three? And he's like, get out of here. So, eventually, he meets up with a guy who has 
made a tent of where you can look at porn, quote unquote, and you type in what, well, type in, in quotes, and do whatever, you know, look at whatever you want. So he puts in different things like Japanese girls puking in each other's mouths, interracial gangbang, she-males, bestiality, Brazilian fart porn. It doesn't really work. Meanwhile, Shelly is about to have a nervous breakdown because she's scared that, you know, Amir, her boyfriend, might no longer be talking to her. He could be talking with another girl. And that would be his new girlfriend. And she's, you know, about to kill Stan. So, now we go back to the cave and we see, you know, the government officials are trying different things and they even at one point do the famous scene from Close Encounters of the Third Kind with the musical um, motive. And it doesn't really reply. So Kyle's watching and he's like, well, now wait a minute. And he's like, I might have, you know, he's, it's like, I might have something. So now uh, everyone is supposedly asleep at the, at the camp and the computer's been put away. Well, Randy has managed to get into the trailer where the computer is that has the internet and he he gets there he's on the internet and now he's looking up porn and eventually it gets to the point where he just has semen sperm whatever you want to call it all over the place even on him and he even after he gets caught well, post what he did is like it was a spooky ghost. There was a spooky ghost here. Did did you see the echo ectoplasm? Did you see the ectoplasm? And they're really like about to kill Randy for doing this. Meanwhile, the news is covering Kyle about to do his one thing. The government is about to do his is like look. We've got nothing else. You're the only one. So what does Kyle do? He goes. He walks behind the giant modem. Grabs the plug. And unplugs the cord. And then he plugs it back in. And that blinking yellow dot is now a solid green. The internet is back. Yay! So now the internet is back. Everybody is happy. The world is a much better place. And, oh, look. It's Amir from Montana. You know, Shelly's uh, boyfriend. And they have a weird interaction. And after Amir leaves, Shelly's like, I got to see my boyfriend. I got to talk to Amir. And then we get this ending, which is kind of an interesting ending. Because it is Randy in Native American-like outfit. And he is doing this speech. And it's a parody of a Steven Seagal speech from the end of On Deadly Ground. 
And basically, he's telling people to stop overlogging. And, you know, because if you keep overlogging, there may be a chance that we lose the internet permanently. And then he ends his speech by saying that we should only use the internet truly necessary and only to view porn twice a day max. And that is the end of overlogging. <sighs> Boy. Alright. Um, so before I get into my thoughts on the episode, I do want to talk about the... Um, Really, the last time that I remember not having the internet during uh, basically a storm. I'm, I'm just going to go with a storm because I've been on vacation with places where there's been no internet, but I'm not going to really count that. So the last time that I can really remember not having the internet was 2012. And believe me when I say this, the story that I'm about to say, a lot of you might not believe me, but this is a true story. So, there is a terrible storm. It ends up being a derecho, which, you know, I'd never, I'd never heard of a derecho, I've never heard of a derecho before in my life. Hadn't seen one before, and hadn't seen one since. So this derecho knocks all of our power out and it is about the end of June and it's pretty bad like this storm was an ass kicker it was an ass kicker so we basically go to bed no you know we've lost our power no internet so we get to the next day still no power still no internet have to go to my brother's house and he's like 20 25 minutes away they they still have their internet they still have their you know power that night happened to be iron maiden and alice cooper at uh no not wolf trap well what's the other i oh jiffy lube live that that's what it is here in the dc area jiffy lube live or it was jiffy lube live live so I go with my best friend and another person. We go to the show, have a really good time, get back. Still no power. Still no internet. So now we get to Sunday, and we're at my brother's house again, and it's the same thing. And then, you know, we get home Sunday night, and we got to empty everything out of the freezer, out of the fridge. Like, it's done. Then we get to Monday, and we have to go to my sister's house. Even though they don't have an internet, they have a newborn. Yeah, my nephew was one week old when this happened. One week old. Actually, no, he wasn't a week old. He, he wasn't even a week old when this event happened. So we get to their house Monday. Stay up there. Stay there Tuesday. Stay Stay there Wednesday, and about before noon on Wednesday is when we got our power back. We got our internet back. And then, here's the crazy part of this. 
and I, and I didn't say this part during the story because I had to save it for the end. We didn't know, or I didn't know until a couple days later, that the power company thought that we had gotten our power back on Sunday. But we never did. So they went, or we went, an additional basically two and a half days. And then finally they were able to turn the, you know, able to get the power back on. So, yeah, I mean, I went, or we went about five, six days with no internet. And this was 2012. Imagine that happening in 2021. Imagine that happening. I don't know how many people could survive. Okay. As far as this episode goes. This is one of these episodes where there is a message. And there is a lot that you think about. And, and I just talked about it. You know, with not having internet for five, six days. And before having the internet, you know, being TV and... It's like, I understand the message they're trying to send, but I don't think they did a good job with the message. I don't think they did a good job. Um, I don't think this aged well, to be honest. Um, this is, it's a little bit better than Britney's new look. I, I, I think at this point, I am almost confident in saying, as we're almost to the halfway point of season 12, Britney's new look is going to be the worst episode of season 12. I think. This would be my second choice for the worst episode of season 12. I just was not a fan of this. Um, I understand what they were trying to get across, and there was a little bit of really disgusting stuff that I really didn't need to hear or see. Um, but I get the message. I really do. You know, we got to control our internet usage. So I'm going to give this a five. I'm, I'm, I'm going to give this a five. That's a, I think that's a fair grade. It's, like I said, it's one step above Britney's new look, but it's not that good of an episode. Okay, uh, let's go to the reception because I already mentioned Seagal's speech, talked about the Grapes of Wrath earlier, and Close Encounters of the Third Kind. Um, this episode received mixed reviews. Travis Figgett of IGN said that, ultimately, overlogging attempts to be a satire on our over-reliance uh, over on an addiction to the internet. However, it only raises the topic without actually having much to say or jokes to tell, and that it's all built up with not much payoff. That's the way much of the episode functions, as if there's a big joke on the way that never really arrives. There's a Close Encounters reference and the revelation that the internet is just a giant router. Kyle figures out that all you have to do is unplug it and plug it back in. The catch-all solution. He gave the episode a 7 out of 10. Josh Modell of the AV Club gave this a C grade and noted that there was one big message. 
We're overly reliant on the internet and we mostly use it for time-wasting bullshit, which was beaten until it wasn't all that funny anymore. And Brad Trechik of TV Squad said of the plot, As someone who works with the internet for his day job, I had some problems with the simplistic way that it was presented. The internet is used for much more than shopping or emailing, or indeed porn. Entire industries rely on it. The only part that struck me as truthful was seeing people live in a Great Depression type state without the internet. You know, there, there was one thing that really, that, that kind of irked me before I get into the IMDB reviews. The part where, you know, after Kyle figures out what the problem is, it's just all of a sudden it's, oh, well, here's this nine-year-old boy. He's going to try to solve the problem. Shouldn't there have been a scene where they try to stop him at first and then ultimately they agree to it? Maybe I missed something. Okay, now we go to IMDb. Over 2,000 people have rated this episode. And surprisingly for me, the average rating of this episode is an 8.6 out of 10. 743 people gave this a 10, 734 people gave it a 9, 43 people gave it a 5, that's going to be the grade I give it this week, and 43 people gave it a 1. To break it down at the demographics, of almost 1,800 males that gave a rating, the average rating is an 8.6, with its highest demographic being in the 18 to 29 department with an average rating of 8.8. For females, the average rating was an 8.5. Its highest demographic, also 18 to 29, they had an 8.6 rating. So, now that I've put my five stars in for that episode, let's read some of the user reviews of this episode, and gonna start let, let me look again at the date okay we're gonna go with a review that was posted the day after this aired this was from tom nell who wrote melodrama is what south park has been falling on recently when all other humorous outlets are dried up and it actually worked quite well here Trey Parker knows exactly how to make the drama in his voice come out with Randy Marsh, and he used it to the fullest of his abilities here. After all the internet in South Park and all neighboring cities has gone out, Randy Marsh decides to pack everything up and head to California to find a better life in some internet, and a plot quite obviously ripped off from John Steinbeck's novel The Grapes of Wrath. The voiceover acting is what made this episode. Trey Parker was brilliant at manipulating his voice to sound sad and longing, and because of the dumb situation, it was hilarious. This episode just took an old book, manipulated, yeah, manipulated slightly to lack of internet instead of money and resources, and then it's funny. Putting these completely serious characters in such dumb situations works well for the South Park gang, and hopefully they make some more episodes like this in season 12. All right, let's go to another review that happened within about a week of this episode. This is from George1985, who wrote, One of the most enjoyable South Park episodes I've ever had the pleasure of watching. 
This episode explores what could happen if we ever lost the internet in spectacular fashion. To me, this was a fabulous snapshot of our increasing reliance on the internet for all resources of communication with the wider world. Lines such as, what did we used to do to get the news before the internet? Had me laughing. Randy has the main storyline following his need for the internet, which differs from the rest of the family. The family leaves South Park in the hunt for the internet. I won't ruin it for you except to say the culmination of Randy's need in the Red Cross office is the funniest scene I have ever seen. The ending was slightly predictable for anyone who has ever had to fix their own internet, but still made me laugh. Great episode, and I can't wait for more of season 12. Alright, so those were two, uh, two reviews from around the time that this episode had aired. Let's see how it is years later, or even months later. Gangsta Hippie wrote, Overlogging was not a bad episode, but it was not very funny either. The only remotely funny parts in this episode were when Shelly hits Stan in a fit of rage, which is a throwback to the older episodes. The episode does show how important the internet is and how people are extremely dependent on it. It's good social commentary, but it lacks humor unlike the other episodes. The episode has the internet mysteriously disappearing and everybody going into panic. Nobody can remember how they got news before internet. Stan and his family decide to go to a special camp, which still has some internet, albeit only 40 seconds of use per person. Overlogging isn't a bad episode, but it's just not as funny as South Park usually is. Finally, from S. Lyons Cricket Reviews, Overlogging is fantastic as far as I am concerned, and however wonderfully it satires society and its growing reliance on the internet and other means of technology. I found some rather pressing quibbles with this episode that prevented the satire from working even better. South Park usually does, and most certainly still does in this episode, satire exceptionally well, but there were some elements to the story here that I felt negated some of the otherwise very clever and hilarious satirical storytelling here. For one, when the internet mysteriously disappears over South Park one night, they proceed to show the town and the world at large slowly losing their minds over the ensuing week. I personally think that the satire would speak much more powerfully had the, had the entire events of this episode unfolded within 24 hours of the internet mysteriously powering down. The idea that Randy in particular cannot handle it and decides to drive him and his family around America searching for a new life is hilarious as it is, but arguably even more so if it happened so soon after the internet disappearing. The idea of living a week without internet, while possible, is not quite as relatable I don't think is losing it for a day or so. It also doesn't assist the satire quite as much as it makes the reactions of people somewhat, and I must emphasize this word, closer to reality than, it if, than if it were within a day of the internet being gone. The episode intends to satire human dependence of technology, and while the satire very much still works, I feel it is slightly negated by the time frame of the episode. While I was initially disappointed to see the Marsh family leave town, as this meant less time in the town of South Park and its mad shenanigans, the episode found enough engaging material in the internet refugee camp as the major set piece of the episode. 
There's enough humor here that really drives the satire home. However, to reiterate once more, I feel it all would have worked even more emphatically had the time frame of the episode being condensed to a maximum of 24 or so hours. The episode's satire of our dependence of technology and a parody of apocalyptic horror movies, Randy taking his family away from the desolate life of South Park in search of more prosperous conditions, works superbly, but a few minor quibbles prevent for me at least the satire from working even more strongly. While it is still disappointing to see so little of the residents of South Park reacting to the loss of internet, Matt and Trey find enough engaging material to hold the episode together. This is my favorite episode so far of the season. Randy in particular is fantastic, especially his consuming desires to jack off to internet porn. The climax to this is hilarious. Wow, I must have woken up on the wrong side of the bed today. Whew, this is more popular than I, than I thought it was. Holy cow. All right, well, that's going to do it for this episode. Uh, you can follow the show on Twitter at SharksPond97 and join the Facebook group, Sharks Pond, a South Park podcast. You type that in the search bar, you're right there. And if you can't find it, it's okay. I put the link in the description of each and every episode. Next time around, we hit the halfway point of Season 12 of South Park as we're going on a field trip. Yes, we're going on a field trip next time as it's going to be a super fun time. That is our next episode. Thank you guys for tuning in to Sharks Pond, a South Park podcast. I'm Bill, and I'll talk to you all next time.